Hey everybody, welcome to the SAC Podcast, I'm Will. And I am Jesse. Coming at you on a uh, relatively early early Friday morning for us. Yeah, for us, 9am, uh, it's kind of early. It's a nice chilly day today, just like it was last week, sitting on a nice 45 degrees outside, no chance of rain today. Perfect day for Pro Bowl festivities, lucky for me and you, Will. We live in Orlando, Florida, so we are right in the neck of all of it. Because Orlando is just Disney World, and that's it. That's all we have over here. <laughs> we live in downtown Disney right now. Um, We'd like to think we have the magic, but... <laughs> but unfortunately, uh, we are all the way, like, 45 minutes away from all of it. But I will be there today. Um, you have some, some Big J uh, journalism to do uh, at a baseball game today, which should be fun for you. It should be. <laughs> but, um, so yeah, we're doing some big J journalism today, folks, and it uh, should be a good one. But we had a big weekend uh, last weekend. It was championship weekend, NFC championship, AC championship. So much controversy coming out. And you know what? I think we should might as well just start off the show with uh, some controversy there. Why not uh, go to the what, NFC maybe... championship? So and that the, was The AFC championship? I mean, I was thinking NFC with the with the controversial uh, well, missed defensive pass interference on um, Ruby yeah, Coleman. Yeah, that that was a that was quite the missed call. I don't know if I've seen a more egregious missed call in a more important spot in a game like ever. Oh yeah. But and then the, there's all these all these people making. Um, You've heard about there's like some sort of lawsuit going on. Mm-hmm. Some yes. guys suing the NFL. There's many lawyers. Um, um, and a car dealer guy bought a bunch of billboards in Atlanta. The NFL blew it. Uh, in in the uh, Cajun spelling. Of course. B l e a u x. Yeah, yeah. I think that's how you right. Yeah, I don't um, know those freaking Cajuns, but all 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 this this and that and um. I am of the opinion that they're overreacting. Ooh, really? Now, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, like, did you vote in our in our poll on uh, Twitter? Which, by the way, we have a new Twitter um, at the Sack Pod on Twitter, the side podcast at the Sack Pod, and we ran a poll that said, "Are the Saints fans overreacting?" Uh, we got 14 votes, and uh, the majority said no. And I, I, I said yes because here's my take on it. Whenever like you can blame you can start to look at the referees if they have a very slanted kinda view, like you have like a ridiculous amount of penalties, like kinda like ticky tack things. Yeah. Um, throughout the game. Like lots of like illegal formation or too many men in the backfield, stuff like that. Um but you can't really be allow yourself to be screwed by one call in the NFL. There's so many other components of the game that if you put the game in the hands of the referees, you will get screwed. Yeah. And when you have that close of a game, it's it's just it's not the referee's fault. Well, I mean in this case it was. They the NFL did call Sean Payton and say that they missed the call. Yes. So they admitted wrongdoing in But that's that how you know it's bad, too. Is... Yeah, but it, it, that doesn't help Sean Payton. <laughs> yeah. He's like, well, duh. <laughs> He's like, yeah. I mean, no kidding. He, he was yelling at the, at the top of his lungs on the sideline when the play happened. And um, 
I actually uh, <clears throat> in the in the poll question, just just for a bonus answer, um, I put that they deserve it, and uh, that got zero percent because that was kind of that was kind of like my little biased option to see if there's anyone that hates the Saints out there. But um, <laughs> uh, but um, so no one voted for that. I uh, got zero percent. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, a lot of people think that they're not overreacting. But I gotta say, um, I agree with you. I think that the entire game of football really comes down to more than just one blown call, especially when on the drive before that, the Rams were having a pretty nice drive down the field. The Saints pulled the face mask of Jared Goff. Guess what? That flag wasn't called either, and if that flag was called, it would be a first and goal Rams, and you, the Saints would probably have even less of a chance of even coming back in that game. Right, right. So it, it's like you can't, you can't just pin this one play – uh, like on on this loss, especially when you scored the field goal, you took it to overtime. Drew Brees throws an interception. Yeah, and like you want to talk about a play deciding the game? Let's talk about going to overtime, where the the rules are extremely slanted towards the team that gets the ball first, as we saw in our second overtime game this week. <laughs> but we could talk which about which is, by that. the way, a, a rarity. Yes, as far as the uh, NFL playoffs go. It's like in championship weekend. And Drew Brees should be one of the quarterbacks to be able to do it in one try. But he didn't. Instead, he threw the just awful interception. I mean, granted, he did have a lot of pressure on him. Um, I, 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 I kind of missed if his arm got tipped. or I, I, It seemed like the way the ball was thrown, um, it, it definitely m- might have been tipped somewhere in, in that big pile when the pressure was coming. Um, but just a really bad pick by Drew Brees. And, of course, the Rams take it, go down the field, kick the field goal by Greg the Leg, uh, Zerline. And um, that, could, that, that that kick could have been good from, like, 85 yards, I'm I'm pretty sure. I mean, it would have scraped the crossbar, but... No, I mean, even if, like, what, the kick was from 56 or so? And 50, 57, which is insane. Yeah, 57. So And that ball clearly looked like it could have gone another 20 yards, like... It was up the middle, like probably the most perfect kick you could ever ask for if you're a kicker. I'm sure um, that that Pat McAfee is having a field day with that kick. Um, I I, I kind of missed his video. I don't know if he already posted. I'm sure he already did. But uh, for oh, the for, sure. for the brand, um, so shout out to 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 Greg the Leg there on that kick. But um, yeah, I I just want to talk about what an absolute duck of a ball that breeze through there like i know he was kind of like tapped as he was throwing down but like he had been having allegedly had been having um uh i think it was like grip issues or something like that like towards the end of the season his his uh deep ball was just underthrown and um inaccurate yeah and uh, that that ball was a massive wobbler, and I think when you point to um, what really decided the game, it wasn't that refereeing call. It was what happened in OT because we all know, uh, as we saw in the AFC Championship game, the first team that gets the ball goes down the field and scores a touchdown, and it's over. And that's usually what happens when you have a Hall of Fame quarterback. Such but, as Drew Brees, but or Tom Brady, or Tom Brady, yeah. <laughs> um, but this is not the case, obviously. Yeah. So, um, 
Yeah, I, I, I just think it's it's hard to, for me, it's hard to pin it on the, purely on the referees. Yeah, and and then you have all these tweets from uh, Michael Thomas, like trying to call out Roderick Goodell, and um, but the thing is, it's Michael Thomas didn't do too much to help the Saints either. Um, seven targets, four catches, thirty six yards, and his longest play was twenty yards, which you know that's a good long play, but. Something tells me if uh, he did a little, if he did a little better on the day, they wouldn't really be in the situation. Drew Brees um, had an okay game. Um, I, I I think it was just more of the Rams defense just playing a, a great game that day. Um, but you you can you can point the finger wherever you want. Um, I mean, come on, Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara had a combined uh, less than 50 yards. And if you're really going to blame a ref for losing an NFC championship game, you need to take a deeper look into your team and see what happened the first three quarters. Oh, no, I'm sorry. The first three and a half quarters of the game. And maybe if you didn't blow a 13-point lead twice, you wouldn't be in the in this situation either. But, hey, that's just me. I, I, I simply just watched the game. Will just here just watch the game just like we all did. Um, I'm sure we're we're all pretty mad about the bone call. It was a horrible, horrible, awful call. That I'm sorry, awful no call. Um, and you just got to get over it. I know it's it's gonna go down in history. It's one of the worst calls ever made. But you, you got to get past it. I mean, I, I'm sure this is gonna be the new hashtag. Des caught it for the uh, Saints franchise for the next twenty years. Yeah, but um, now that we've kind of talked about the controversy in this game, uh, let's talk about what led up to it. Because even in the grand scheme of things, it really feels like this the lack of a singular call has just taken over everything. And we have, like, all, all people are talking about is that, that no call and overtime. But we got to look at the game preceding that call. And what led us to such a delicate position for uh, Greg Deleg to uh, hammer that one home? Um, Greg so, end of the first quarter, the Saints had a 13 nothing lead. And then they gave up 10 points in the second quarter to the Rams and not being able to score any of their own. <clears throat> it, was, it was a really back-and-forth type game, like... The Saints would start to pull away, and then the Rams would come right back up into it a little bit later. And just just kind of this whole back-and-forth dynamic, really, throughout the entire game. Um, pretty even time of possession, which is not really normal for this playoffs, as we've seen most of the winning teams. And in this case, the Rams, who did win, had a slight edge in time of possession, but it was only two minutes and that's largely due to overtime um i I feel like the time of possession sometimes isn't really relevant if it's this close like if it's a two minute margin i feel like time of possession is only really impactful if it's like just way like one-sided like take like take the saints and eagles game like saints dominated the time of, of of having the ball or uh the AFC championship game between the Pats and the Chiefs 
Yeah. You, yeah you, well, we'll get into that later, but of, of course. But you know, there's many examples you can go by. But you know, but uh, I'm not trying to like shut down your your stat no, no, here. No, no, no. I totally I'm just, understand. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying I don't really see time possession in this situation to be really that big of a case. It's right, just, which is what I was. Which is what I was saying. Because, oh, okay, my bad, but yeah, but, but uh, yeah, like it, it was just surprising to me because that seemed to be the the theme of the playoffs was ball control, and something that the Rams are particularly good at. Um, not a whole lot of activity from the defensive lines. Maybe a little bit more on the Rams side, considering they they affected some of Drew Brees' passes, but they only sacked him twice on the day. Um. Jared Goff, 25 of 40 for 297, one touchdown, one interception. Um, Only sacked one time on the day. And maybe that was probably one true difference between this two-point game or, or, or I'm sorry, the, the three-point game. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, this was a pretty even matchup just the entire way. Uh, Saints just couldn't get it done, man. They had the 13-point lead twice, <laughs> and uh, they blew it twice. Yeah, um, like, one of my, the most surprising things to me is that the Rams had a total, complete shift from what they did last week um, against the Cowboys um, in that they were hammering the ball with both Gurley and C.J. Anderson. Um they both had over 100 yards, just controlling the entire game and keeping the ball away from the Cowboys. In this game, they only ran Todd Gurley four times for 10 yards. And you know what's surprising? Hmm. C.J. Anderson had four times the carries and four times the yards of Todd Gurley. <laughs> you know who's actually not really surprised by that? This guy, because C.J. Anderson has been eating everything from yards to carries to freaking Big Max, man. <laughs> this guy is freaking huge, and I, you know, I'm not surprised that he just absolutely obliterated this. I will say this overrated Saints defense. Uh, Dude, what th- if this is what Eddie Lacy lo- would have looked like if he had gone down? <laughs> <laughs> I mean. It, it really is something, something to think about, though, because C.J. Anderson, like, this guy could even find a job this year. Like, he was on the Panthers, and then they were like, oh, we like McCaffrey, so we're going to drop him. And then uh, he had a, he had a really short stint. Um, oh, where where else was it this Oakland. year? Oakland. Oakland, right, yeah. But it, I don't think he even touched the field. Right, and that's why I didn't remember what team he was on for that second stint. So, so but then now, third time's a charm. He found the lovely Los Angeles Rams, and you know what? A better place to find than Los Angeles, California. To the, the, he was homeless. He didn't have a job. A homeless, I'm going to put in quotes. Cause I, I like to say that if you're not signed in the NFL. But you know what? He did what all the homeless people do. They go to Santa Monica, California, and they live there until they get a job. And that's what C.J. Anderson did. And he's eating Big Macs. He's gaining on those pounds. He's eating up those yards. Dude, you know, I think, I think the extra weight on him worked because he wasn't this heavy back when he was in Denver. Mm. He was he was a lot lighter. Yeah, he was he, he was still a a thick guy. Definitely not. I, w- I would say thick with one I mean, C was, compared he, to now where he has like thick with two C's. He he was he was dense before. Yeah, but now he's he's thicko mode. And he wasn't bad in Denver, but he just wasn't exactly getting. The job done enough. Yeah, I I kind of like the like Jerome Bettis style, um, bowling ball, 
running back that he's become. Oh yeah, and, and it's very it's, effective. It's, it's really, really working for the Rams, and I I hope to see him have another stellar performance in the Super Bowl. Um, but yeah, just more talking about this game. Um, outside of uh, the end of it and the fact that the Saints held multiple uh, two-score leads, uh, they were pretty. They were pretty even throughout the whole thing. Yeah, uh, I, would, I would agree. Drew Brees very similar passing stats to uh, Jared Goff. Um, <laughs> uh, Drew Brees completed one more pass than Jared Goff, so. and had uh, like fifty fewer yards. And huh, that's crazy to think about. But also had one more touchdown, so it's kind of like, hmm, this could be an interesting match. I mean, depending on when Drew Brees retires, I'm sure he'll probably retire. And like, I, 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 he actually came out and said that he was going to come back next year to try it again. I don't blame him, especially after coming so close this year. Right, but, like he couldn't. Like he was like, all right, all right, all right. It's <laughs> it's get it's getting that time. Let's let's go let's go to the Super Bowl and uh, call a year. Minneapolis miracle. <laughs> all right, all right. All right one, one more, one more, one more. No call on pass interference, and and then, the, and then you throw an interception over time, and then Greg the leg happens. But what if what if this is just a cycle, and we we have to watch them go through each stage of the playoffs, but like in separate years, where like <laughs> so in 2013, right? It was the Saints in, in, in the wild card versus the Eagles, and so last year. They lose the divisional round against the Vikings. This year, they lose the NFC Championship. And what if next year they go to the Super Bowl, but then they lose the Super Bowl? And then he has to come back for another one and win it. And yeah. And he's like 45. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that's, I, I don't even know. It's, it's quite the long shot, obviously, but... Um, I think it, it'd be a really funny thing to just watch happen if he gets to each round of the playoffs separate years and then lose each time. <laughs> he gets just so close to getting his one more ring, and then he just fails. Uh, I'm just kidding. I, I, I love Drew Brees. Uh, I, I've been, Absolute class act. Class, class act. I've been, I've been watching since I was a little kid, so, you know. But, um, yeah, so rest in peace to Saints. Sorry you didn't get your pass interference call. It happens. Every team has been through a bad no call. Um, there's always next year, Saints fans, so just keep your chin up. Um, I'm, I, I know life, life is hard at the moment, all right? But uh, so in the meantime, the Rams are going to the Super Bowl, and they're playing the Patriots. And, Will, let's talk about how we got to this moment right here. For the Pats, and um, tell you what, this was uh, just such a great game to watch. I, uh, I think I might have actually no, I, not I think I know that I I enjoyed this better than the first meeting of these two teams in, oh, in the middle sure. of the season. It almost wasn't a game; it was a fourteen-point Patriots lead at halftime, oh, yeah. and then the Chiefs scored all thirty-one of their points in the second half, twenty-four of which. Or in the fourth quarter, and it was they they pushed the game to overtime, and then we get down to the um, the Tom Brady time when it, uh, Matthew Slater calls heads, 
and it is heads. <laughs> and they want the ball because, of course, they do because that's how overtime is. Yeah. And then this is another thing, of course. We're gonna, we've got plenty of time to talk about the game. But uh, I guess we got a little bit of more of just kind of spicy controversy going on. Um, of course, when Tom Brady wins the game, um, look, I'm not a big fan of, t- I mean, look, Tom Brady is great, it's greatest of all time, blah, 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 and he can get it done any time. I, I, I hate the Patriots as much as, as, much as the, the next guy. Um, but just because Tom Brady can drive down the field in one try on your team doesn't mean we need to change up the whole overtime rule. All right, I, like like we mentioned earlier, the NFC Championship game went the complete opposite way. Drew Brees, uh, I'd say who's on the same caliber as Tom Brady. Maybe Tom Brady's a, a step above Drew Brees simply because he is the greatest of all time. But Drew Brees had the same op- opportunity, throws a pick. Tom Brady just does what he does best, drives down the field with Edelman and Gronk, and scores a touchdown. Right, but here's here's my point. I'm I'm of the other mind that you need to – um, get because actually Deion Sanders said this on Undisputed the other day that when you go into overtime, how can you fully decide a game who is the better team if you do not see all three phases of the team on the field? Because we saw that in the first four quarters of the game. No, no, no. I I know, but I, I, that obviously wasn't enough, which is why they're in overtime, and um. I'm not saying this because I'm butthurt that Brady won or anything. I just wanted to see, like, I don't care if if you, you do it like, I, I I don't know, I'm a fan of the college overtime rules. It just gets rid of defense, though. I mean. No, 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 but there, it's already gotten rid of defense, but you just don't allow the other team's defense to play on the field. And the only, the only... You, you take you take two whole units out of the game. Unless those turnovers are largely luck, it's really hard to truly force a turnover. So, would you say the Drew Brees interception was luck for the Rams? Yeah, or, they got. Or, or was that good defense by the Rams by getting to the quarterback and making sure he throws a bad yeah, pass? Yeah, good, good. They were lucky that they got to the quarterback. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of work that goes into pass say. rushing. Can't just call that luck, man. No, no, they, no, I know, they're working their A, luck their, that, their A work luck off to get back there. There's luck that Breeze held the ball that long. There's luck that the ball was just an absolute duck. Like, it wasn't like, oh, he threw it out of bounds, or oh, he wildly overthrew it. That ball was in the air for a long time, and it and it's luck that it fell straight into John Johnson's lap. Hmm, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying like, yeah. You you have to like make that catch, and you have to get to the quarterback. I don't know. Like all, I, all that, but I think for the most part, turnovers are largely luck, especially when it comes to fumbles, because you have no idea where that oblong shaped ball is going to bounce. It's yeah. unpredictable. It's not like a soccer ball or a basketball or something like that. Yeah. And um. Yeah, but like like I was saying, most of the time, those turnovers don't happen unless you're like Matt Hasselbeck and you call for the ball and you say you're gonna win and throw a pick six. Yikes! <laughs> but um, good times. Yeah, those Seahawks are fun, weren't they? <laughs> <laughs> I miss those Seahawks when they were like, meh, not like 
Man, but they had beast mode. Man, but they had beast mode. I didn't mind beast mode. I like I, I it, it was kind of like watching like the uh, Gators when it, it was Emmett Smith in the backfield. The Gators were not good, but Emmett Smith was the only good player on the team, and he was the only thing keeping the Gators even like Dude, alive. That was, uh, <laughs> that was the same with the uh, the Knowles in the post Jameis era. With Dalvin Cook, yeah, <laughs> just just watching him rip off eighty yards every game. <laughs> but um, you know what team doesn't have a halfback problem? Actually, it's a little bit of change of subject, but I think a good transition. Sony Michelle, um, and the New England Patriots—they've really found a, a backfield there between him, James White, and Rex Burkhead. Rex Burkhead, yeah, and then <laughs> Who? Lead, leading the way for for all of them is uh, James Devlin. What a fullback oh man big big guy too i mean i i think it's it's awesome to see uh the, i mean as much as i hate to say it, it's awesome to see the patriots have found a way to not just rely on tom brady they got that weapon in the backfield now they that, really re i mean we it, act like we're surprised but in reality we're not in that the patriots yet again have completely reinvented themselves like, again Again, how do you do that after 15 years? It it doesn't like they they've gone they've like okay <laughs> they had the we'll, same we'll coach do, we'll do we'll throw a lot to Gronk we'll be a really good uh, short passing and sp- spread team but and then and now it's like okay we're gonna do that but now we also have a three headed monster in the backfield with a massive fullback and we're just gonna go out and give our rookie running back 29 carries 19 of which came in the first half I mean to New England, they they go to a different guy every week. Like, every week a different guy's hot, whether it's Edelman or Hogan or Gronk or anything like that. Like, th- those guys will go week to week. They'll go, like, 15 catches to, like, two. Yeah. And because they always change up the game plan. But to consistently see whenever Sony Michelle is healthy, they're giving him 20-plus carries a game. And it it really really shows, and it lends themselves to uh, their amazing ball control, which they bested the Kansas City Chiefs a whopping forty three and fifty nine seconds. Wow! To twenty minutes and fifty three seconds. I see now this like a conversation we just had. This is where I think time possession matters. This right here is. I mean, even though the game went into overtime, it, it it's. It shows that the Patriots were a lot more dominant in this game. I think yeah, overtime it, it, only accounts for the Chiefs four coming mi- coming four back. Of that. that yeah, and it, it's like, and the Chiefs having to come back come back in the third quarter and fourth quarter. That was just great, great to watch all in and of itself. But, um, yeah, uh, I mean, I, I had a whole big argument yesterday on Twitter with a whole bunch of UCF fans. I think. I think you did like my tweet, but this is a game where it ended by six points, but this game was, for the most part, very one-sided, except for maybe the turnover margin, which is really where it just makes that difference of it being a, a six-point game. Yeah, that's... that's when you, when you say this or when you write it down on paper, like sometimes to truly understand something, you have to write it down or see it on paper. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if you have an idea and you're not sure, you write it down and then look at it and read it to yourself, and you're like, what is this? <laughs> and when you look at this game, you write it down. Just 
sitting at home, write down on a piece of paper, the Patriots had the ball twice as long as the Chiefs and were minus two in turnovers. <laughs> and it, one. That's it, that's that's ridiculous. It's and that's what makes football such a great sport is no matter what happens, it's it it all it's all gonna come down in the final final minute most likely. But um other than that, I would still say the Patriots had them in the palm of their hand with 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 most of these stats right here. I mean, the the rush the rush yard yeah, excuse me rush yards alone, uh, 176 rush yards compared to Kansas City 41. Um, let's see, Tom Brady sacked zero times, Patrick Mahomes sacked four times and lost 46 yards total. Which is really surprising because that was a, the Patriots defense was a unit that was always like bottom of the barrel um, in terms of sacks throughout the year. And, man, Kyle Van Noy just showed up that game. Oh, yeah. And he was just getting it done. Um, like, it's it's really surprising because Patriots always seem to have one guy, like the right guy that gets hot at the right time. And it just it just works every time. <laughs> I know. And, uh, yeah, Kyle Van Noy, two sacks on the day. Ten combined tackles with eight solo tackles as well. Um and even had an extra QB hit in there, actually. But uh, nice. Yeah. So look at him go out out there for the Patriots. You go, Kyle Van Noy. Get get that money. <laughs> get get that money. But um, yeah. So uh, fact of this overtime thing. Um, it's I I don't know. I I feel like the NFL is just always gonna have a problem, and the fans are gonna find it every single year. Last I mean. Last year we had the whole thing with the catch rule. No one knew what a catch was for. I actually really like the new catch rules. I, I I think I think they pretty much just made it a little bit more straightforward, and and just and just changed that that little tick. And oh okay, if you if you catch it and take two steps, then you caught the ball. And the and the refs are finally like clicking with that, and they're like, okay, now we know what a catch is. So that's all figured out. We haven't had a single problem right, with that. But the the thing. My my problem with the NFL is they the way they play a very reactive and defensive way to the way they change the rules, as in that they wait for something to com- the wheels to completely fall off before they go. Okay, we should probably fix this. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like it was getting to the point where the the catch was so ridiculous, and we had multiple like game deciding things mm-hmm. like that. Um. Remember that uh, was it the Jesse James catch in uh Pittsburgh where he was on the the one knee? Of course, that or was the, the Zach the Zach Ertz one. Well, yeah, that 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 one too. Uh, Zach Ertz was being compared to Jesse James, but Jesse James was, I mean, I I wouldn't say that was the catch that set it off. I think, uh, the Des Bryant uh twenty, thirteen fourteen uh game versus Pretty the sure Packers. Fourteen. Fourteen, yeah. So. Uh, I think that game might have also set that rule off, but it was but just it, a matter it took, of it took a it took three years to, to for him to actually do something about it. But uh, here we are now. Now, look, I hadn't heard a single person. I don't know if you had a, had a problem with the overtime rule beforehand, but I didn't hear a problem with it during the NFC Championship game because that's how an overtime is supposed to go. But it, like I said earlier, it's just. Tom Brady gets the ball, wins the coin flip, and it's like, oh, well, this is unfair because Tom Brady's too good of a quarterback to be given the ball 
after a coin flip. And no, it look it all you have to do is stop. You should be able to trust your defense in in the situations, right? And like you trusted in the whole game, so now you let a coin flip decide your your fate, and you're what? Are you just gonna give up on it? No, no, play. no, no. They're not gonna give up on it. They're obviously gonna play as hard as they can. But the thing is, is that today's game is so slanted towards offense, and the rules benefit them in such a way that even when you have a great defense, it's still really hard to play defense, as we saw in that uh, the the Philly uh, Chicago game. That was the best defense that I've seen in a long time. And Nick Foles was just going up and down the field on him. And that's just because that's damns the rules. (laughs) And and when you when you have a game that's so slanted towards the offense, um, it's really hard to stop someone, especially like Tom Brady. And now like like I said earlier, I'm not butthurt because Brady won or anything. I commend the man on his success. No one else in sports outside of, like, Michael Jordan and maybe Bill Russell have been this successful in the postseason. This is fair. And, I like, props to him, man. But yeah, I, I personally, as a fan, would like to see both quarterbacks play on the field in overtime. Is I I, I want to see, because did, did you have any doubt that Brady wasn't going to go down and win the game when he got the ball? Um, <clears throat> I didn't have any doubt when the Chiefs gave him too much time on the clock in the fourth quarter. <laughs> right, but but I'm, I'm still saying, like, the moment that they won the coin toss, I'm like, all right, I don't think Patrick Mahomes is seeing the field again. Yeah. Because all you have to do is not make a mistake on offense. And... Being the Patriots, you're probably not going to make a mistake. But yeah, and but that brings me to my point: is <clears throat> look, Tom Brady is probably one of the only guys that can that can drive the field on you so easily to where people want to change the rule. But if you give the ball to <clears throat> uh, Mitch Mitchell Trubisky, excuse me, sorry, Trubisky um, from Chicago, he's not going to go down the field in one try. The ball is going to see the other team. If you give the ball to uh, Matt Ryan, he's most likely also not going to score the first time. It's it, I'm telling you, it's only because Tom Brady is just the greatest of all time, and he can make it seem so easy. I know, I, I know you're saying you're not about Tom Brady. Right. I just think that most people see Tom Brady do it, and they're like, "Oh, we need we need to change in overtime because my team didn't even get a chance to the score." But it's Right. If I mean, you yeah, take if you like, take any other team that wasn't the Patriots, I would, I I've seen my Eagles go into overtime and not score on the first time, even though I think they should, but they just don't because it's not how football works. Like unless you're Tom Brady, <laughs> you know. It's, right, but I, I think he, you're right. He definitely is the catalyst for this whole thing, and that main um, gripe about overtime does come from really good quarterback, like the the situation where. Um, like, I mean, I mean, think about it like this, like, this has been like my situation. It's like, what if you get a game where it's like, let's just say Tom Brady versus Aaron Rodgers. Okay. Let's do it. Two, two of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, both walking into the hall of fame overtime game. (laughs) Both quarterbacks are clutch, smart, Accurate, 
and they know the hell what they're doing. No matter which one of them gets the ball, they're going to march down the field and score, right? Mm. So, in this situation... Possibly. Maybe. Yeah, or they, they should. They should. They should score on the first time because they're they, they on They should, maybe. and we all know turnover luck, but theoretically they should score and win the game. I mean, obviously this is assuming it's a perfect world, but that means that the quarterback who loses the coin toss, doesn't even get to see the field, and we don't get to see the other Hall of Famer going on the field. And people might be clamoring for the same same thing. Let's say the Chiefs won that coin flip. And then we don't see Tom Brady. Yeah. So, but I, I just, I don't know, man. It, it, like, you uh, maybe you can't end a game. The only thing I would change is the coin flip aspect. But other than that, it's like, Okay, so who gets the ball first? <laughs> like you could you could do like a home field advantage kind of thing, or like a home field disadvantage. You give the away team the ball first, like a baseball rule, and like let them hit. Take I, I the think bat the first. I think the coin flip is fair, but but the, but then what happens after the coin flip? You know, it's it's I like I, I guess the only thing to change is like okay, let's just give the the, uh, the other team a crack at it. I I guess just because it's it's fair, but the, it's the best. My the best way to change it, in my opinion, is that so you know the, the current rules. For those of you who don't know, current rules are uh, first possession of overtime. If either team, the offense, the offense that won the toss, or the defense scores a touchdown, the game is over. Okay. If the offense kicks a field goal on their first possession, then the other team gets a chance to answer with either another field goal or a touchdown. If the score is tied after the end of the first possession, it is now sudden death, which is what happened in New Orleans with the Rams. Drew Brees throws a pick. That ends the first possession. Sudden death. Greg DeLeg, 57-yarder. Sending the Rams to the Super Bowl. Now, one the thing that makes the most sense to me, other than completely changing it to like college rules, is to go. All right, and and before, before it was it was like the way it is now. It used to be, if the offense gets any score on the first drive, so the offense could get down to like the forty, kick a field goal, and then just win. Just take that the next logical step backwards. The The first team goes down the field. Let's say they score a touchdown. The second team ha- should have the opportunity to answer any score. Okay. And then if it's tied after the end of the second possession, it becomes sudden death. Interesting. And one, one of the things that people didn't want... Um, playoff becoming or the excuse me the overtime becoming too long is that they didn't want like all these stars playing like 20 30 extra snaps right per game right but i think if you do that and maybe you um obviously i'm not an nfl rules expert or (laughs) something like that but they definitely need to look into something where they where they can make this game because I, I, I feel that it would be more exciting 
to see two really good quarterbacks duel it out in overtime or a really good offense against a really good defense or stuff like that, but you don't get to see entire facets of a team just because they didn't win the toy the toy cost. Toy sauce. <laughs> toy toy cost. <laughs> but um okay. <laughs> I mean I, I, I guess I guess I could agree with that. I mean, I don't know. I just I don't see like really the the biggest problem in the current system. I, I, I just think it's in the moment, people are mad and even though we had such a different result in the game, right? I mean, an I'm hour not, before that, <laughs> I'm, I'm not, I'm not mad at all about this. Like I've, I've yeah, had I'm this, not, I'm not I've saying this, you. I've had this opinion for years. Okay, well, yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying you. I'm just, I'm just saying. Oh in, yeah, in duh. general, people are yeah. totally butthurt about. Yeah, because it. it's the playoffs. He boards mad. The season's over. Brady. Like, look, all right, my my receiver literally dropped a ball right through his hand, and that's how our season ended. All right, I don't want to hear it. So. <laughs> So it's it's like if she's I mean, to be fair, he was playing with cracked ribs, broken ribs. It actually came out with broken ribs, which is even better. I love I love that man out Sean Jeffrey, but we can't talk about them. They're not they're 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 not relevant at the moment. Um, <laughs> as much as I, <laughs> as much as I hate to say it, I'm not in it. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so uh, yeah. So back to this. I mean, you know, you know what's also interesting about this game is. There was also a pretty bad call at the end of it, and it was the flag that we had been seeing earlier in the year, the roughing the passer penalty on Tom Brady, uh, where uh, I can't remember what defensive player it was. I want to say it was, it was either Ford or Houston. Um, and he just went to go to swipe the ball, and his forearm c- kind of just taps Brady's sh- shoulder pad, um, I guess it's kind of hard for the ref to tell, if you want to say that, if it was wrecking the passer. But he literally tapped Brady on the shoulder pad, which which was in late in the first quarter in the, that final drive and gave the Patriots such a humongous first down. It's interesting how Chiefs aren't taking that with a grain of salt, but they're taking the overtime loss with a grain of salt. I, I feel like they should be looking at, at that penalty too, or the Saints should be looking at the Chiefs fans, seeing how they handle that loss, and how there's no lawsuits going around. Yeah, I mean, um, one thing that I think is a more pressing need than changing overtime rules is changing the fact that you can't review a penalty. Mm-hmm. I mean, outside of targeting. There's only one flaw in that that I don't like, but it's more of a... I mean, I mean, um, as a guy, I was listening to the Pat McAfee show, and uh, they had a guy on there named uh, Mike Florio from uh, Pro Football Talk, mm-hmm. and the, he, dis- he discussed um, his idea was that they have, they have a- another member another referee but he's just up in the booth watching like the tv broadcast mm-hmm. see yep. not not doing like instant replay and making it this entirely long process <laughs> but just watching and seeing what we see and kind of connecting what we see with what the referees see and that the guy up there can go like in like whisper into the ear of his guys down there like 
Whoa, 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 whoa. Dude, that was totally pass interference. I think you should take a look at that. Yeah. <laughs> or, whoa, 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 whoa. I really don't think that that was roughing the passer. You guys should take a look at that. Yeah. And, and just kind of helping them out in that way, just kind of like a quick little, like, let you know kind of way. But knowing NFL refs, which is the only flaw I see in this, is more of an entertainment aspect. It's like, all right, we're, we might get the right call, but now i got to sit through five minutes of commercials just because they had to review whether or not this guy was – pass interference or rushing the passer. Right, I mean, but I mean it's, uh, it's, look, look, look. Like I, I'm all, I'm all for good calls, but I, I'm, I'm just saying it's, it's like it, we want to change all these things, but we, we gotta like really. Do we want this game to be an extra half hour long, or but, no, but, no, no, but, no, but no. because of replays putting, and, and we're not putting it, uh, it. Mike Florio wasn't saying that they put it in a replay. He's just saying that you have another pair of eyes looking at what. At what we see, because you can't, it's hard to um, go back and put replay on a judgment call. Because mm-hmm. that's what it is, is a judgment call. But when the guy sees it on the TV, you can be like, oh, okay. And then you can, like, <laughs> as, as, a, as a fan, you can be like, for the most part, you either have. No, that wasn't pass interference. Or like, dude, what the hell? That was totally pass interference. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. it's not like a. You're not sitting there going, it could be. But like, it's it's usually pretty obvious. But there are plays like that where it's like, uh, there's a there's a little bit of contact in there. He's kind of playing the ball. He's he's holding his arm. I can't really there's, tell. There's the a pass lot of hand fighting. Yeah. So he, and and that's what I'm saying though is, he's gonna keep watching this. He's gonna be like, wait. Is it pass interference? Rewind it a couple times. Wait, hold on, guys. I gotta, we gotta stop the game for a second. I need to see this freaking pass interference. And no, no, it's just it's, it's just throwing in another another viewpoint to where, like anyone seeing at home, I think everyone, even the Rams fans, knew they got away with one there. Ruby Coleman knew it was a pass interference. He said it in post game, which is even more embarrassing. Well, no, I mean I. In that situation, if you think the only way to stop him is to get a pass interference, you do that. I think just based off that, they they just give him the touchdown. Because <laughs> nah. it's like it's so it's so obvious. He, he Coleman was even like, yeah, he he had me beat. He was gonna score, so I just I just I wrecked him. I I, I and then I looked around for the flag. And I didn't get the flag. He he admitted he was like, I got beat on the play. I got beat bad, and so I I, I hit him. Dude, and he I, had him on that wheel route. Yeah, and it's, so it's like, uh, could he have played the ball and gotten the interception? Yes, totally. He could have played the ball and got the interception, but I guess he didn't see it that way. Said, "Screw it, I'm just gonna make sure this guy is dead by the end of this play." Hits him face to face, helmet to helmet, so blatantly. <laughs> I mean, look, I, Saints fans, look, I understand why you're upset. It was such a bad no call. It really was, but. It's <laughs> cool your jets though. It, it's just one of those things. No need to file a lawsuit, which is like, look, you really got to ruin the fun for for the rest of America and postpone the the Super Bowl because you want to be in it so bad. I don't want to wait for the Super Bowl. I just want it to happen next week. <laughs> it's worse than that. I already have to wait two weeks 
and in between is a freaking Pro Bowl. Right, like plenty, plenty of other teams have all endured terrible calls, and they've all had to go throughout the off season dealing with it. So, welcome to uh, welcome to that club. Welcome to the the Des caught it club. <laughs> welcome to whatever. Oh, the ha- they, they, hashtag that was pass interference. <laughs> Hashtag Des caught it, but they they didn't go back and change that game. They didn't go back and change this one, and they're not gonna unless the refereeing gets so inexplicably bad, so inexplicably bad that they have to institute some kind of thing because that's just the way the NFL operates. Yeah, and I I have a feeling it's just it's just gonna be completely just just fear-based from the NFL at this point just to make the fans happy which is like look I'm already pretty satisfied with the game right now I don't really think there has to be a whole lot of changes um I mean overtime rule sure I I guess it wouldn't hurt to give the other ball that yeah the the other ball (laughs) the the other team the ball another crack at it Although I I do believe in defense and I think that you can just stop him on the first try if you really wanted to, but uh, I mean I don't obviously know, man. the NFL doesn't in terms of rules doesn't cater to the fans because the fans have been clamoring for new catch rules for years and it took them forever to get it. Yeah, and well, they're that... they're gonna do it until it doesn't suit their best interest, and their best interest is seeing the best teams in the Super Bowl to get the highest ratings. Mm-hmm. And personally, I wanted to see Chiefs-Rams Part 2. But... Tom Brady happened. Yep. And <laughs> that's that's the end of the story. Also, D Ford offsides happen. Yeah. Oh, it my wasn't like, God. How, like, D that was Ford, such what an, That was such an egregious penalty on his part. Just because it's not like he was... I mean, it's it's... There's no excuse for that at all. I mean, there's kind of an excuse for, like, if he was drawn offsides by, like, the hard count or um, he jumps or one of the offensive linemen move, but he ends up getting called for it instead. He lined up, like, six inches offsides in a play that, I mean, he didn't know that they were going to pick off Brady on that play, but they did, and that... (laughs) But it just it just goes to show you that anything can happen. Just imagine the possibilities <laughs> if he didn't go offside. But, and I mean that offsides got pretty much got a man fired. I mean besides the overtime. Uh, yeah, I mean that that defense was um had been lackluster all year, so I'm not surprised to see. But I have a feeling if the defensive coordinator go, which def- by the way they're hiring Steve Spagnolo. Ooh. As their defensive coordinator, that's actually not, not a uh, bad hire. But um, but yeah, of course, like you said, Kansas City defense wasn't all the way there this year. Um, but I have a feeling if they made at least made it to, to the Super Bowl, I think he would have kept his job. Probably, it's hard to fire a guy after win- winning the AFC Championship and maybe possibly winning the Super Bowl if if they if they would have beat the Rams. But yeah, he he was. He was on the way out, I think. I mean, obviously, you can't really fire a guy after success. Yeah. But, um... He can leave if he wanted to, but I can't imagine he would He would leave. 
after after right. It's not like he's gonna go get a head coaching job somewhere like Vic Fangio or something. Well, in today's NFL, I I think anyone could be a head coach. <laughs> I think I think if, if Donald Trump was like, I'm gonna be a head coach in the NFL. I I think. I think Jerry Jones would probably just just dude. He's been trying to get. He was he was trying to get into the NFL for years. Yeah, I mean, but he could like he hasn't. He has a whole beef with the NFL just because just they the went, last year they 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 blocked him from being an owner. <laughs> and there's there's just a, there's just a whole thing. And now he's like ah, well now he's Republican. I mean we don't we don't have to get into politics and all that, but. And now he's like, uh, oh, now the NFL, they're kneeling and stuff and blah, blah, blah. I mean, not anymore, but, you know, they had to change the whole rule for the for the end of them just because of this whole media outcry and blah, 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 blah. You you guys at home are, already heard the story, but, you know. But um, anyway, so uh, the Super Bowl is set, man. Um, Patriots and Rams, uh, I, I think we should, we should save our picks for uh, next week's pod. And, um... I think we should get to some headlines, actually, um, <clears throat> since we're pretty much getting towards the end. Um, <clears throat> and actually, something that's been crawling around the the news media a lot on TV and on the radio. Um, <clears throat> lucky for me, is about my team uh, in our in our quarterback situation. Reports coming out about Carson Wentz saying from anonymous sources in the Eagles locker room that Carson Wentz is selfish and he has a large ego and many many things that have that are pretty bad labels for a guy like Carson Wentz especially coming out of all this QB situation and controversy between Nick Foles and I, I'm, I'm wondering if maybe this is just a, just fake news <laughs> as, much, as much as I hate that term um, and just trying to cause drama in the locker room that doesn't need to be caused. But I want to know your opinion on this from the outside. Um, I I had heard that, well, one, multiple guys had stepped up and from both sides of the ball, like Fletcher Cox and like Lane Johnson, all coming out to defend Carson. And I think that, um, well... Wentz and Foles obviously play the game very differently. Wentz, and as most QBs do, have favorite targets. Um, I mean, when you're a young millionaire, a lot of them are going to be somewhat self-interested. And obviously when the wheels start to fall off, you don't really uh, maintain the same composure and maybe you say some things. Um, maybe, but personally, I don't think he's that bad of a guy. I don't think he's a bad guy at all. Um, I, I think this is just, this is just noise as, as what happens unless somebody comes out with like specific stories. Yeah. It's just noise to me and I don't buy into it. Yeah. I'm, it's like, I, 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 me as the audience at at home should know um diehard eagles fan since like 2003 here um so uh, to me i'm just kind of like this story really did just come out of nowhere and i'm kind of wondering who are the sources like is it someone like maybe on the defensive side but i'm i I just it's so weird because you see every single person on on twitter from the eagles team say i don't know what you're talking about carson wentz is one of the best guys i've ever known so it's like 
well, who the hell said it? Like, I like you know, it, it's like uh, you you really gotta wonder. But at the same time, I'm kind of like, what if the players publicly are just coming out to defend Carson Wentz because it looks better to do so, and maybe the coach is telling you to do that, and you, you could put in a whole bunch of variables left and rights into the story. I, for one, am not really buying it. I can't really, I I can't buy something that says Carson Wentz, the most Christian guy probably I've I've ever seen in my life. The most, the guy who probably gives the most to charity has his own charity foundation. Um, I I mean I I, I don't, it's really hard to believe. Like, sure, uh, he has his favorite in Zach Ertz, but you know he had as many targets per game to Zach Ertz as Nick Foles did. <laughs> So really, it, the, I think that argument kind of goes out the window. They both had nine targets per game to to Zacherts throughout the season of whenever they played. Um, did the offense work better with Nick Foles? Yeah, because Nick Foles is a backup. He's like, okay, I'm my bad. I'm kind of going on on a tangent, but um, so you, you and your you and your birds. Yeah, I'm sorry, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I just I, I just don't buy it. Uh, Sure, Nick Foles was more uh, more of a success, but he's not going to be here. Doug Peterson already said Carson Wentz is quarterback in the future. I'm not buying it. Like you just said, it's just noise. <laughs> yeah, um, moving on to some other news. Uh, Cam Newton underwent uh, arthroscopic shoulder surgery um, to clean out his shoulder. Um, and they're not ruling him out for the 2019 season, but... There's they're they're reluctant to put a timeline on it, um, just just because they they want to rest him up, get him throwing, and ease him back into it like the Colts did with Andrew Luck. It makes sense. And they're just they're just trying to take care of him there. Um, I, I think he might come back week five, week six. Yeah, we'll we'll see. Um, let's see here, what else is new? Um. <laughs> I, I, I kind of drained us of that time with my little tangent. I apologize. That no, it's all good. <laughs> uh, so the Chiefs hired Steve Spagnuolo to replace Bob Sutton as defensive coordinator. Um, Let's see. Uh, speaking of Greg DeLeg, as we were talking about him earlier, um, he had a little little foot injury on, on his left foot, but um, good news for the Rams is that's, I, his, uh, that's his plant foot, right? Yes. It, uh, so he is wearing a boot on his left foot. Um, he, he'd been wearing that since Monday. But he is uh, expected to play in Super Bowl 53. So the Rams will not have a problem with the kicker in the Super Bowl. Hopefully. Uh, I would love for the Rams to have Greg. And hopefully they can get that win from the Patriots. <clears throat> but uh, we can talk about predictions and what we want to happen all next week and stuff. But uh, with more headlines, <laughs> on we go. Uh, as as you guys know, Pro Bowl is this weekend. Um, NFC versus AFC. Game game doesn't change. Uh, should be fun. Um, Are you gonna head out to the the actual game? Uh, you know, I I want to. It's just the tickets are kind of pricey. So I mean, I don't know. I might try and scout, maybe, if anything. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I I wish how, how I could you? go, but I I have I have work. All right. Well. That goes to show how great football fans we are. I mean, today I I am going to the festivities. I'm gonna see what's up, going to the practice, see this the uh, skill showdown and whatnot. But um, yeah, it should be a fun weekend for the Pro Bowl next week, Super Bowl. Anyway, so folks, we are running very very low on time here. 
Um, Thanks for joining us. Yeah, we always love having you. We love doing this, and we're very excited for the future. Uh, very awesome guests coming up in, in the future. I won't say who yet, but uh, we're, we're playing some stuff. So my name's Will. And I'm Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> my name's Will. <laughs>